Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 5, and for the first time I was, uh, looked this up um, in my notes, uh, we started in the book of Proverbs last February, and uh, so it has been an awful long time in the book of Proverbs on uh, Sunday nights, and uh, uh, this is the first time we've been out of the book of Proverbs without a special speaker for a very long time, but Romans chapter 5. And uh, what we're going to see here is a process in the Scripture. There are different places where God just gives us uh, a, um, uh, 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 a progression uh, of events here or things that happen together. And uh, always interested in how God builds our faith and builds things And that's what we have here in Romans chapter 5. And so let's just start reading in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so... But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience in hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Being much more, I'm sorry, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And so, we look at these verses here, and we have this list right in the middle of these things that God wants to work in our life. Now, there's not a one of us that wouldn't want to be full of hope, having the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. I would hope that someone wouldn't come to church and say, nah, that's not for me. Uh, why, why would you be here? Uh, we want this to happen in our hearts, but there's a process that has to be fulfilled before we get there. And before the process can start, you have to... Have you have to start in the right place. Now, guys, I'm not going to embarrass you again, but I, I am tired of this back row stuff. Let's, let's, let's move it up. Um, this is not the first, second, or third time I've talked to you about that. So, we start in verse 1, and it says, Therefore, being justified 
by faith. Now, of course, that's something that we understand, justifying uh, the simplest definition of that word. Uh, I remember hearing this as a young man, never have forgotten it. He said, just as if I had never sinned. That's what the word justified means. That God takes us and He cleanses us. We are justified through faith. Now, faith is a very simple thing. Faith is just believing God's Word to the point we act on it. That's what faith is. Faith is saying yes to God's Word to the point we do something about it. Uh, We can say we believe things. Uh, I guess one of the most famous stories was this fellow had uh, uh, strung a tightrope across the Niagara Falls many years ago. And he had taken a wheelbarrow and took the front wheel off. So it just had the rim on there, you know, the groove. And he said, how many people think I can walk across this tightrope across Niagara Falls? And everybody said, yay! And so he walked across and walked back. And he said, now how many of you think I can push this wheelbarrow across? And everybody goes, yay! So he pushes the wheelbarrow across and comes back. He says, now how many of you think I can push this wheelbarrow across with someone in it? You see, that's the difference between belief and faith. Amen? And the story is told that one little boy said, I'll go, mister. And he said, now you're going to have to sit very still and you can't rock back and forth. And he got a view of Niagara Falls that no other human being has ever had. You know why? Because he not only just believed, he had faith. And you know, there's a lot of people that believe about Jesus Christ. They believe that he died for them. They believe that he's the only way to heaven. But they don't have faith. And without faith, there's no forgiveness of sins. Without faith, there is no justification. And you know, uh, over the years as a pastor, uh, I've dealt with many people. They say, Pastor, I just feel like I'm doubting my salvation. And one of the places I like to go is, is right back to what salvation. When, when did you get saved? Well, that's what I'm not sure about. Well, when did you get saved when you thought you were saved? Oh, well, yeah, when I was, a few, when I was 10 years old or when I was 5 years old, I, uh, I prayed a prayer and, and, and uh, you know, I... I I I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just not sure if I did everything right. And the place I love to go is, you know, God is not looking for an excuse to send somebody to hell. You didn't say the right words. I'm not going to save you. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is looking for an excuse to save you. Amen? He's looking for a reason to bless you. You see, don't fall into the sincerity trap. Don't fall into, 
Did I believe enough? Now, how many of you remember how powerful faith is? One grain of a mustard seed can destroy a whole mountain. You know what? We have yet to come up with a bomb that big. In all of our incredible stuff, we still don't have an explosive powerful enough that one little grain will remove an entire mountain. But Jesus tells us that faith is that strong. Amen? So don't go looking for how much faith you have. It doesn't take much faith to accomplish a lot. But we are justified by faith. We have peace with God. Now, peace is something the whole world wishes they had. It's something most mankind, most people pretend. I mean, there are some couples out there that try to pretend they have peace in the home. You know how it works? She takes a day job, he takes a night job. And they have peace in the home because they never see each other. Um, I remember my first semester in Bible college, I had some roommates, and that's the only way we had peace, was I would leave the room at 6 a.m. before they got up, and I would come in while they were at work and get my books and run out and study till 2 a.m. when they were in bed, and then I'd come and go to sleep, and uh, we had peace. Aren't you glad God has a little better alternative than that? We can have total peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That means when I meet God, there's no unfinished business that needs to be taken care of. When I meet God, He's not going to open up the book and say, Now look, here's everything that you still owe me for the sins that you've committed. When we have peace with God, we can rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes, and when we get to the end of this process, what we're going to find out is that the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts is a complete understanding of what Jesus Christ did to save us. We, we don't understand, or we think we do. But if we rested in Jesus Christ, then we can go back to the beginning of this and we can glory in tribulations. How many of you like tribulations? If you do, please sign up for counseling. We've got bigger problems than you think. Uh, But the issue is, none of us go looking for them. It says, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. That Paul is not trying to give something new to the Roman people here, in the Roman Christians in this passage. He's trying to help them understand something they already have. He says, we stand in this grace. We rest in Jesus Christ. I would hope that if you're here tonight and you're saved, that you don't face a difficulty in your life without bringing it to God. I mean, yesterday we um, 
started the meeting in the morning, and uh, tell you what, there wasn't a drop of snow on the ground. It was just clear, I mean, cloudy, and I was going, yeah, this snow forecast, nah, not going to be a problem. And then they wanted to take a picture after breakfast, uh, about uh, 8.30, quarter till 9, and so everybody goes out and takes a picture, and I saw the first snowflake. And uh, somebody called me on the phone or something. I had a, a message, and so I just walked out of the auditorium to, to quickly answer that and deal with that issue. And there's an inch of snow on the ground less than an hour later. I'm going, this is going to be a trip home. And uh, one went out there to get into the van after the meeting was over. I mean, the snow was up over the heels on my boots, covering the toes when I walked in. And I'm sitting here going, you know what? This might not be fun. But I'll tell you what I did. We prayed as a group in the van before we left. And I was praying as I was driving. You know why? Because I stand in grace. That means I have the right to access the God of heaven. And he will hear. It says we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's not that we rejoice in the hope that... Um, uh, that God will glorify us, it's we rejoice in the hope that God will use us to glorify Him. That God's glory can be revealed in our lives. Amen? And as we look at this, then He makes the transition. He says, not only so, He said, this is where we are, but this isn't all. We glory in tribulations also. When bad things happen, it's time to give God the glory. Now, that's a little frustrating at times, isn't it? We, we, when bad things happen, what do we want? We want them to go away. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we can go, thank you, Lord. You know, the rest of the world, when something bad happens... What do you do? I mean, they have that staples button that says easy on it. It doesn't do any good. In fact, there's been stuff I've ordered from staples that hasn't been shipped easy. Uh, the simple truth of the matter is, we think we can go and we can do this. We immediately start thinking of how we're going to get ourselves out of this situation. The Bible says it's time to stop and remember where we are, what we're standing on, the God we serve, the grace that He gives us, and say, okay, thank you, Lord. This is an opportunity to see you work. Now, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time I did that? That's where I'm preaching the sermon. Amen? Is because we need to be reminded 
that when difficult things happen, when tribulations, when things come to us that are going to try us, it's time to stop. Okay, wait a minute. There's a process here. There's something God wants to accomplish. I'm justified by faith. I stand in the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can rejoice in the hope that no matter what situation I find myself in, God can get glory from it. Amen? And so now we have tribulations... And we can say, thank you, Lord. Instead of blaspheming God and going, oh my God. Well, I'll tell you what, I I just hope I don't hear anybody say that. I, I get so frustrated with that. Everything is, oh my God. Listen, how about, thank you, Jesus, instead of, oh my God. Because tribulation worketh patience. You meet a very patient person, and I will promise you this. They've suffered a lot. That's the only way it works. Uh, I think, and not that this man is a great example of Christianity, but uh, Thomas Edison in inventing the light bulb... Someone was visiting his laboratories there in Florida, and he was trying to find something he could use as a filament to make the light bulb work. He knew it would work. He just couldn't find anything to actually light up to produce the light. And uh, someone said, how are you coming on that experiment? He says, well... I can't remember whether in the story the exact number was somewhere between 3,000 and 3,500 attempts, meaning failures. And they said, aren't you discouraged with all of those failures? He said, absolutely not. He said, I've just discovered 3,500 ways it cannot be done. Now, if a godless man like Edison can have that kind of attitude... Why can't we as Christians exert a little more of that faith wherein we stand? Amen? Because we need patience. How many of you have ever had the privilege of being around a patient person? Have you ever had the privilege of being around a patient person? Tell you what, it's it's an absolute blessing, is it not? I mean, it is one of the most wonderful experiences in life to be around a human being that is patient. Now, what we need is instead of looking for that patient person for us to be around, is ask God to make us that patient person. I mean, stop and think about it. What would this church be like if some visitor came in? They said, wow, those are patient people in that church. 
They might not say it like that. They would probably say, that's a very, those are gracious people. They, they put up with a lot. I mean, the Bible words long-suffering in other passages and applications. The Bible says that patience is the result of tribulation. And James chapter 2 is, is an excellent passage on that, but let's... It doesn't just stop there with patience. It says, and patience experience. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something. When I want to learn something, when I, when I need some help, um, especially, you know, something we're doing here in the building construction-wise or, or um, some technical thing, Oh, I, I love that I was looking up some kind of cleaner for the floor there at Brother Newberger's, and I called technical support. I wanted somebody with experience. And so they hooked me up with technical support, and they're reading to me what I'm reading out of the catalog. Now, I am trying to be patient. But it was like, you know something, I can, I can read what's in the catalog. Uh, do you work for the company that makes this, or do you work for Granger? Oh, no, I don't work for the I just, I said, okay. Well, well what do you think? Uh, and, and just got off the phone, and, and uh, if it hadn't been for a leaky floor, it did a great job cleaning the floor. But, uh, and that's an, uh, just a little story of blessing, how God protected us. We were cleaning the floor, and of course, there was water and oil, and it started dripping through to the place underneath. They make furniture down there, nice furniture. And Brother Mike looked at me and said, do you think I ought to go down and check downstairs? I said, yeah, I'm getting nervous too. I said, go check. And it had dripped through the floor onto their floor. It was in a hallway, right between some very nice desks and pieces of furniture, and God protected us, not one drop, on, on their stuff. Isn't God good? I mean, God takes care of you if you, if you listen. Tribulation works patience. Patience Makes experience. You know what experience is? I've been there. I've done that. And I'll do it again. You know what? Most people, I have an uncle that was a graduate of Paris Island in uh, 1972. He said, I've been there and I've done that. And I'll never do it again. He said... I wouldn't sell it for two million dollars, but you couldn't pay me three to repeat it. Uh, that's the way a lot of Christians are. Hey, I've been there, I've been through that, and I'm not doing it again. That's not God's work in your life. Experience is, I've been there, I've been through that, 
and I'm ready to do it again in service for Christ. You say, but that means getting hurt. Welcome to Bible Christianity. Did they hurt Jesus? Yeah. Did he suffer the innocent for the guilty? Did he endure hardness for our sakes? Do you think that's what the Apostle Paul's talking about here? That we glory in tribulations because tribulations work patient and patience experience and experience hope. Isn't that an interesting way of ending it? Hope. You know, I I think that uh, I'm not trying to rewrite the Word of God, but if I had patience and I had experience, I've been through the tribulation, I know what it is, I I think I'd have confidence. Uh, Not in the Bible. doesn't work that way. Because you know what confidence is? That's reliance on self. That's pride. You see, it says hope. Why does it say hope? What is hope? That's something we expect to happen. Now, what is that hope that keeps us going? Well, that's what's in the next verse. And hope maketh not ashamed... Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. Now, we've, I've preached on this subject many times. and You ever wonder why God asked Abraham to take Isaac to the top of Mount Moriah? The best explanation I can give is in Abraham's word. He says, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. He said, God shall provide himself a lamb. And then he called the Jehovah Jireh, I guess, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. I think I got that right. But um, the simple truth of the matter is, Abraham said, I'm going to see God sacrifice His Son for my sins. Now, Abraham was in heaven when that happened. But do you think Abraham got a little glimpse of how much God loved us as he untied Isaac from off that altar? Hello? question I have for us tonight, just looking at this passage here, is how many of us could use a little more of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts? Just a little better understanding of what Jesus did to save us. Would that help us live better tomorrow?
would that help us face some of the tribulations that we're going to face during this coming week? You see, we go through here and, and it says that the hope uh, is, is because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. And then it explains, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I mean, we understand this. If you've been in this church at all, from day one, and every day and every service we've ever had, we talk about how that Jesus loved us so much to die for us while we were in our sins. Amen? We know stories, and I rejoice in the stories of, of men who are willing to serve and to give their lives. The Bible says here, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, a good man, some would even dare to die. I'm thankful I'm an American when I read those verses. My history, the history of this nation is chalked full of men, some of them saved, some of them lost, who were willing to give their lives so that others could be free. I'll tell you what, we've got an incredible history here. But that's not salvation. You see, Jesus did something that no man could do. He died for his enemies. See, it wouldn't do you any good to die for your enemies. You'd just be killing your friends in a war. Isn't that true? But you see, the whole world was at enmity with Jesus Christ, with God. And the only way to give salvation or His mercy to His enemies was to die in their place. The love of God is greater than any story invented by mankind. Man can't dream anything up this good. I mean, I don't encourage you and I don't recommend. In fact, I, I would uh, pro prohibit you, if I could, from studying Greek mythology, the story of the gods. I mean, it is so perverse and so vile and so filthy and so wicked. And yet these were the gods that they sacrificed to. And yet, when Paul stood in the Acropolis, there on Mars Hill in Athens, and explained to them that the God that created them loved them enough to die in their place, they mocked. I just want to challenge you to let God give you a little better understanding of what He did when He saved you. Amen? Because that's where the joy is. That's where, if we want to put that word confidence, it comes in. Because it's not confidence in me, it's confidence in the goodness of God. It's knowing that if He saved me, He'll save you. 
He'll save whosoever will. And you read the rest of the passage here, and it talks about as uh, sin entered by one man, so that salvation entered by one man. That one sin led to many offenses, one sacrifice leads to forgiveness for all sins, for whosoever will come unto Jesus Christ. So, as Paul is trying to give the Romans, the Roman church here, a little better understanding of what they have, he says, listen, we have peace with God. How do we have peace with God? Because we're justified by faith. But that faith gives us access into this grace wherein we stand. God's unmerited favor, where we stand, this is where we are, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, that God may somehow get glory out of our lives and collectively out of our church and out of the church plant in North Brooklyn and out of what Brother Hiram, I'll tell you, Brother Hiram, they had eight men at the meeting. That was a blessing. Not all members of the church, but men that were attending And God was doing some work in hearts and lives. And I'll tell you what, that was a greater blessing to me than some of the preaching was. Listen, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Because tribulation works patience. I hate being patient. I love being around patient people. Well, let's start asking God to make us the patient one. That's that's what we need to be. You've been blessed. How about being the blessing? And patience worketh experience. It's not just simply been there and done that. It's, I'm ready to do it again in service for Christ. And you see, that experience worketh hope. And hope maketh me that I'll never be ashamed. Why? Because you see, I understand a little more of what Jesus did to save me. And there's absolutely nothing... He could ask me to do or endure or put up with or whatever you want to put in there that even compares to what He did for me. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You and we thank You for Your Word. And we ask that You would work in our hearts. Lord, that we would see this process through. That we wouldn't allow it to be stopped right at the beginning or into the first or second steps. But, Lord, that we would go all the way through to seeing the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a work of man. It's not a work of a sermon. It's something you've got to do in our lives so that we can share with others what you've done for us. Lord, we ask you to work, that you may be glorified in us and in our church. It's in your name we pray.
Now, I won't say amen just 